Well, hi again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Behind the Bench here on 101 ESPN. I'm John Kelly. Tonight's show brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Boardwalk has great floors for every home with better selection, better value, and the best service. Visit a showroom in Crestwood, Manchester, or St. Peter's or online at boardwalkhardwood.com. The Blues, of course, in the midst of a three-game homestand. So far, they're 1-1 one one in the homestand after a victory against Carolina, a loss last night at home to Winnipeg. So right now, the Blues sit with a record of 32-15-8, 72 points, six points ahead of Colorado. The Avalanche won last night in Ottawa, and seven ahead of the Dallas Stars, who, of course, come to Enterprise Center tomorrow night as the Blues wrap up their three-game homestand. Last week, of course, the Blues, since our last show, go 1-3, and three, and Coach I know for a a lot of this year and certainly last year when you took over in November, your club always seemed to find a way to win hockey games, especially tight hockey games. And and now even though your team is playing fairly well and getting a lot of chances, it doesn't seem like you're able to find a way to win right now. Yeah, we've lost uh, since the break. It's been a tough go. Um, You know, I mean, not not, uh, finding the back of the net early enough in games, getting down in some of these games. And it's tough to climb back. I mean, you know, we have clawed back a bit and then again, let another goal in and, and you know, lose. Um, so the bottom line for me is um, two things. We got to score early in games. You know, I think it's important to get that lead and, and um, you know, the games that we do that we usually win. And then the other thing is we got to stop letting three goals in a game. I mean, and that's on everybody. That's on everybody on the ice. Obviously, the Blues, uh, as you said, since the break, only a couple of wins in their last eight. Um, how do you avoid from getting frustrated yourself and, and the club getting frustrated? Well, it's tough. Frustration always uh, comes in no matter what. I mean, but you just got to fix things, you know. So, you know, you got to make sure that you're um, – um, talking to your team about what's going on and showing them some video and and making sure that we understand the situation and also individuals um, you know getting talking to individuals and getting them to play better so you, you can't it's yeah it's frustrating to lose but there's a reason you're losing coach you mentioned in your post-game comments last night after the Winnipeg loss about mental preparation what exactly do you mean by mental preparation well, starting the game, like, so I didn't like that first period last night. It was just wait. there's not enough urgency in the, in the period for me. Um, and so that's mental preparation. And I get there's something going on with Steiner, and that's important. But it's still, it's, it's mental preparation before the game, what you're doing. So you're mentally prepared to go right away in the game. Coach, you've obviously um, mixed lines up quite a bit, deep pairs of late. Um, is, is that a byproduct of, of trying to define the right combinations? And I guess as, as a coach, can you do too much of that at times? Uh, you can do too much. Um, I think sometimes when you don't win games, you tend to change things, and even though you played well. Um, so there's a little of that. And also it's just, just finding some chemistry with um, all the lines. You know, like I just have – you know, the, since the break, I haven't liked, you know, the combinations of all four lines. Like, I haven't had enough, you know, consistency out of it. And I think that's why I switch them up. All right, Coach, let's go over the last week. The Blues losing at Edmonton.
Edmonton last Friday, 4-2. Perron and Thomas with the goals. But you talk about starts. That was one of your most difficult first periods of the year. Yeah, it was. It wasn't very good. Uh, sloppy play. Um, turned pucks over. Just on our heels the whole period. Uh, not a very good period for sure. And again, you get down and then you're crawling, you're crawling back and clawing back. And it's a tough thing to do. So, you know, that's one of the starts that wasn't very good. And you talk about the Oilers and their two-headed monster. That would be McDavid and Drysaddle. You did a great job on McDavid. He did not have a point. But Drysaddle had a couple of goals, including the game winner. I, I would think those two are as dangerous as, as they are in the NHL. Oh, definitely. Because um, they have the ability to beat you one-on-one. They don't need anybody else. And Drysaddle proved that last game against us. He scored two goals. We just, you know, and... You know, they're just plays that probably shouldn't have happened. They really are. But, you know, when you give a guy like that some room and a little bit of a break, he can bury it. He's a great goal scorer and a great player. And, yeah, we did a great job, McDavid, but not on the other guy. And you tie the game in the third period on the goal by Robert Thomas. And then the winning goal was scored after you guys had an offensive zone faceoff and had possession. So I would think that's the kind of play that would give you gray hairs. Definitely. It's a nothing play, and it should never have happened. But that, like I said, I mean, it, it happened, and that, that's the things that are going on right now. They're just um, – they're almost one-offs, but the one-offs are going in the net. <laughs> the other thing, Coach, when you're behind, um, I would think at times you tend to shorten your bench and, and try to obviously get more goals, and, and that can be a, a double whammy in a way because you, you wear out guys, don't you? Definitely. Um, like to be honest with you, like this whole this since the break, I've not liked the minutes that have not been managed properly, and that's my fault too, because we are down in games and I'm chasing it all the time. And it, again, last night I look at the minutes after the game and I find that I'm not using my bench enough. And but that's because we're down in the game again, and you know we got to get back to where we're a consistent four-line team, a six-man rotation on the back end, and we're just playing consistent hockey and predictable hockey. And that's what we got to get back to. All right, Craig Bruby, after the loss in Edmonton, the Blues, another back-to-back Saturday in Winnipeg, a 5-2 loss, although your club had a ton of chances again. Hellebuck was marvelous, uh, but again, you're down 3 nothing in the game and coming back in the third period. So once again, it was a recipe for not being successful, wasn't it? Oh, that, yeah. I mean, I thought we played a heck of a game in Winnipeg. I really can't fault our guys in that game that much. I mean, you know, Again, a couple, you know, there's just some goals that are going in that normally don't go in, and they're going in, and we're chasing the game. But, you know, I thought the effort was excellent in that game. You know, we had a lot of chances. Hellebuck has beaten us the last two games. That's the bottom line. And and big goaltenders have had good success. Is there something to big goaltenders sort of having your number lately? Well, yeah, I mean, they're doing a good job of, you know, obviously making saves. But, again, we're not – I don't think we're elevating the puck well enough against them in some situations where we get real good opportunities. So, you know, we can do a better job there of that. And, and uh, the other thing is you got to get traffic on these guys. I still don't think we get enough traffic. Coach, uh, you mentioned Alexander Steen, and last night, of course, the Blues honored him for playing in his 1,000th game. But that occurred Saturday in Winnipeg. Um, how special was it for, for Alexander and the entire team? Well, that's great. I mean, he's been a great player here for a long time and a great player in the league. Um, you know, it's real rewarding for me as a coach to see him play his 1,000th game um, and all the hard work he's put in, and, and he's still going. He's still playing good hockey and still working extremely hard as a player. 
an older player. It's it's great to see. He's a he's a great leader. Uh, I mean, his work ethic on the ice is you know rubs off on everybody. Coach, I'm sure you're aware, but his dad Thomas Steen played in a golf tournament last summer and won tickets behind the bench on the glass. And it happened to be against the Blues on Saturday. Did you just did you notice him back there? Did you know the story? Yeah, I do, and that's amazing how things work <laughs> out. Eh? And it's amazing like uh, Steiner got hurt, and then he comes back and he's going to play his thousand game in Winnipeg, and that's just uh, that's just great. That's uh, you know great for him that that could happen with his dad and stuff because his dad, you know, I played against his dad, and his dad was a hell of a player and uh, great guy, and just to be able to Steiner be able to enjoy that with his dad, um, a former former NHL player that that means a lot boy I'll tell you what that's that's good stuff yeah and he had a great greeting last night uh, during the ceremony were, were they fairly similar players coach yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, like I, I'd have to go back and look at the the dad a little bit more closely, but you know, they're both um, two-way players that were smart. You know, like Steiner's a real intelligent hockey player, and two-way they they pride themselves on doing little things right defensively and and playing a heavy, hard game and getting in the way and blocking shots. But they also had the ability to put the puck in the net too. So they're nice players. They're good players, both ends of the ice. All right, Coach, again, last night the Blues losing 4-2. Pareko and Gunnarsson with the goals. You, you mentioned a bit earlier in our talk that you didn't you didn't necessarily love the first period. But after that, did, did you like the way your club did get engaged and, um, you know, had a lot of chances on Hellebuck? Oh, I did. I, and we had some real good chances in the first period too. But what I didn't like about the first period was just the urgency of puck play. You know, turned over way too many pucks. And it's just – it's it's not predictable enough um, and – it doesn't get us to our game enough and that's what I'm trying to tell tell our guys is that you gotta get to our game early on in these games when we forecheck and we're physical right away in a game and we got this predictability and then the line changes come and we got rolling the lines but it's hard to do that when you're turning these pucks over all the time we don't get to our game early enough the Blues, of course, got goals from Pareko and Gunnarsson. Pareko now with goals in two straight games for the first time in his career with uh, his fourth of the year last last night. Coach, he, as we know, has a fantastic shot, maybe the hardest shot on the team. Um, is there a reason why he can't score more and hasn't scored more this year? Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of it, too, is power play. You know, we've used Falk on a power play most of the year. And, and you know, like Perry, he's got a job. He's a great shutdown defenseman, and that's his job. But also, I think what I find with him <clears throat> right now is he's getting up the ice a lot more and, and, you know, being a lot more aggressive in his play. And I think that's just the mindset that if he had that day in and day out, that mindset of skating that puck and attacking all the time, he would score more. Yeah, it seems like when he gets his legs going and gets to the line and goes wide, he's almost unstoppable. He is. He's so powerful and can skate so well. And, um, you know, he's a heck of a player. Um, you know, just, I, you know, and, and a lot of it, too, with scoring, like you can have a good, heavy, hard shot, but, you know, he's, he's not a pure goal scorer. And, and you know, if the goalie sees the puck, he's going to stop a lot of them. But he's still such an effective player no matter what. All right, Coach, the Blues, of course, uh, practiced uh, today at Centene, getting ready for the game against Dallas. So coming to the rink today, what's your, your mindset, 
your message to the team and the focus on practice today? Uh, well, we'll show some video, like again, about just predictability and, and little things that we're not doing well enough, you know, getting pucks in deep, not turning them over, some line change stuff, just things like that that are are hurting us a little bit. We're losing numbers and we're giving up some odd man rushes in the game, um, which we normally shouldn't do. We're, you know, we're a defense first hockey team and I think we're getting away from that. So we got to get that mindset back of uh, playing in tight games and winning tight games. Um, this is a time of year where you have teams that are all fighting for a playoff spot or positioning in a playoff. And we're included in that. Okay. And we don't, we're, we don't have that mindset right now. We're, we're going and just playing and trying to score every shift. And we got to change that. Like you, we have to play good hockey. We have to play what's in front of us. We can't chase the game all the time. So that's my message today is getting back to what we are and and playing that tight defensive style hockey and capitalizing on our opportunities when they come and not chasing the game. Meanwhile, Coach, uh, your club, knock on wood, is getting healthier. Gunnarsson and Blay have returned. Sunquist remains on IR. How is he doing? Um, he's doing pretty good. I think he's still a ways away, though. Uh, we don't want to rush him too bad. You know, that's he's an too important of a player, and we got to make sure he's 100%. So he's still a little ways away. All right, you take on the Dallas Stars tomorrow night. Your club, 2-0 and so far against Dallas, winning at home 3-2, winning in Dallas 3-1 in late November. Coach, you've had 70 shots total in the two games against Dallas I would I would assume you liked your games against the Stars this year yeah I have uh, I think that we've done a good job we know it's going to be a tight game when we play these guys like their goaltenders extremely well plays well and they're a good defensive team so you, you know we've done a good job of managing those games and and making you know making sure we're doing a good job uh, defensively against that team and then you know capitalizing on our opportunities um, so we've done a good job there um, so so we got to continue. we got to get that mindset back here, like what I'm talking about uh, tomorrow night in that game. Coach, looking at their lineup, and Dallas has played very well, uh, especially since the coaching change from Jim Montgomery to Rick Bonus. Uh, but Rope Hintz, the young player um, from Finland, is, has been lately with Ben and Sagan. And Radulov, who's played a lot with Ben and Sagan, is now with Pavelski. So I would think uh, they have more balance in their lineup right now, and that could present challenges. Oh, definitely. I think adding Pavelski to their teams really balance them out a lot more giving them you know a real good veteran player that can play both ends of the ice so they're definitely um, you know a deeper team this year than they were last year Coach, uh, obviously the Blues played them last year in the second round, one and seven, as we know. When you play a club in the in the playoffs, does it make for more intense games the next season? Definitely, I think that uh, there's a pretty good rivalry there with them guys. Uh, you know, Jamie Ben leads that team that way, and he's going to be a physical player tomorrow night, and he's going to really push. So we got to make sure we answer the bell against him for sure. We got to make it hard on him. We got to make it a tough game against that team, and you know, there, it's a, it's going to be a, it's a big game for sure it's a big game for them they're going to be keyed up for sure I can guarantee you that so we've got to be ready and finally coach uh, after the game the Blues embark on a two-game road trip Tuesday in Anaheim next Thursday in Vegas so two big games they're all big at this time of year as you said you're fighting for you know playoffs and first place and and everything else but it's also the dad's trip so I'm sure that the guys are looking forward to that oh definitely that's always a great trip uh, to have your dads and be involved in a game 
him and be around and they're in the dressing room and meetings we, we include them in everything so it's a fun time um, players love it the dads love it so um, I was lucky enough to have my dad on one of those trips uh, at the end of my career they started to do that when I was kind of going out of the game but uh, it's a great thing and uh, everybody looks forward to it obviously a lot of these dads uh, were coaches when when their young guys were you know coming into hockey do any of the dads try to give you any advice coach <laughs> <laughs> well they just tell me to play their son more yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> which I don't blame them but uh, no we talk like I've, I've sat with the dads uh, a few times over my career on these trips um, as an assistant coach and a head coach it's always fun to listen to them and hear what they have to say and stuff and they they're they're great guys uh, very respectful of uh, you know everything that we're doing here and um, you know like I said it's always it's always great to have them around all right coach uh, that should be a lot of fun meanwhile good luck tomorrow night against Dallas thank you very much JK all right that's the head coach Craig Ruby coming up next on our show we'll talk to Blues winger Zach Sanford that's next here on behind the bench and John Kelly back on Behind the Bench here on 101 ESPN. Our final segment brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Boardwalk has great floors for every home with better selection, better value, and the best service. Visit a showroom in Crestwood, Manchester, or St. Peter's, or online at boardwalkhardwood.com. Our final segment here is with Blues winger Sammy Blay, who, of course, missed 28 games following wrist surgery and Sammy coming back I, I know that you you know found the the back of the net the other night but uh, it seems like every game you're you're getting more chances and seem to be more comfortable is that fair to say yeah I mean uh, I think uh, last game against Winnipeg I think it was my best game since since I came back and like like you said uh, every game's been an improvement for me and uh, I'm just trying to get back to my game as quick as I can and I think I'm 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 I'm, I'm close to be back from uh, where I was uh, before I got hurt Sammy, obviously coming off a of Stanley Cup, you had a really good camp. You scored in the first game. Uh, coming out of camp, what was your mindset and what kind of season were you hoping to have? Um, just uh, just produce more offensively. And I think uh, at the start of the year, I was, I was doing a good job. And then I got hurt. And then I'm just trying to get back get back to my game and I think like you said I'm the last couple of games I've had a lot of scoring chance and I've, I've been controlling the puck more so uh, no like you said uh, just I'm I'm just feeling like the confidence is getting back into my game and like I said I'm just uh, excited to be back playing with the boys and uh, I'm just trying to um, help them uh, help them win some hockey games Sammy I know you're, you're still a fairly young player in your third year so coming into your year, did you put a number in your mind that you might want to get to, or you know, does the player not really think that way? No, I don't really think that way. I'm just, I was just coming into camp and trying to, trying to prove to, to show everyone I, I could be an offensive player, and um, I think I've, I've, I've proved it a couple of times this year. And like, I, like I said, um, I'm playing for a physical, physical game, and uh, I can bring some offensive too. So um, it's just another asset to my game that I think uh, I can improve still. Sammy, when uh, you know, speaking of confidence, and obviously confidence is big for for any athlete. Um, going back to last year, what really gave you a lot of confidence that you could play, you know, a top role on a team, on a good team, and obviously, you know, have success for yourself and the team? Um, I think just just during the playoff, I think that's when I I told myself that I could be a good player in this league, and like I said, coming into training camp. I had a good summer at home, and uh, coming into training camp, I was feeling really good. And um, start of the year, I was I was playing really good hockey too. And I got hurt, but like I said, I was just trying to come into camp and do my best, and uh, it's been working pretty well since. 
Talk to us about the injury, if you could. Uh, obviously, you hurt the wrist and missed 28 games. Um, how difficult was that rehabbing it, and and how does it feel now? Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a long recovery, like you said. Uh, um, I got the surgery, and uh, I got a screw in my I got a screw in my in my in my hand, and um, it was uh, it was pretty long, a lot of rehab, and um, it was hard mentally at the at, at the at the beginning. But uh, I just uh, like I said, the the team support me. I got some good help from from the doctors, from the strength the strength coach. So uh, it was good, and then like I said, I'm just happy to be back now. So I know you were telling me the other day you're still wearing some tape on the wrists during the games. Does it hinder you in terms of? stick handling or shooting the puck at all uh no I, I got used to it and now it's 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 good it's just uh it's good like i said I, I i was playing with with tape on it before i got i i heard it so it was not a big a big deal for that sammy blay obviously the last year the blues went in the cup and you didn't play in the playoffs until game six in dallas you came in and <laughs> scored that great breakaway goal uh, blowing the slap shot over the the shoulder of ben bishop how how difficult was that to come in to an intense playoff series with your team's series on the line in Game Six in Dallas? Um, like I, um, I, w- I think I got hurt too last year before at the end of the season, and I, I it was my first game in like two months. And um, first game back, Game Six. If we were losing, we were out. So uh, I, w- I was just trying to come into that game and do my best, and it worked pretty well. And I didn't, I didn't get scratched or miss any game after that game. So. Um, like I said, that's where I got my confidence, I think, and uh, no, it was good. Tell us about the final. Obviously, you, you said you played every game um, from that game on. What, what was that experience like for a young player to play in the final? All the pressure, you know, going to da- Boston for Game 7, and you guys obviously won it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I couldn't ask for anything better. Like, like it's the Stanley Cup, and I think uh, with the group we had, with all the players, the coaching staff. It was, it was great. We were a family in here, so it's just, it's just nice to win that, to win that big trophy at the end. And finally, Sammy, um, I know you've told me the name of your hometown. I, I, it's far, hard for me to pronounce it, so maybe you can give us a shot here. Um, but tell us about your your day with the cup in uh, in your tiny town in Quebec. Yeah, it's called Montmagny. For, right. Yeah, Montmagny. But for people that speak English, it's pretty hard to to pronounce it. But no, it was uh, it was great. It was just with families and friends. And uh, during the day, I just did a little parade in my hometown and. Uh, that was it, and uh, at night I just made a party with, with friends and family, and we just enjoy having the cup with us for, for a couple hours. So how big is how big is your hometown, and and had the cup ever been there before? Uh, there's like ten thousand, uh, people there in my city. So it was the, it was the first time that someone from this town won the cup. So, uh, pretty proud of myself to to have won it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Hey, Sammy, thank you for this and continued good luck. Stay healthy and uh, best of luck. Thank you very much. All right, that is Sammy Blay, our guest here on Behind the Bench. We thank him very much and also thank the head coach Craig Berube, Zach Sanford, and Carolina broadcaster John Forslund. Again, thank you for tuning in tonight. We appreciate it very much. The Blues home to Dallas tomorrow night as they wrap up their three-game homestand. That's another edition of Behind the Bench. I'm John Kelly. Have a great night, everyone. And John Kelly back here on Behind the Bench on 101 ESPN. Our guest this segment is longtime Carolina slash Hartford.
play-by-play man John Forslund, who also does a lot of national games for NBC and NBC Sports Network. And John, first of all, Joel Edmonton coming back to St. Louis earlier this week, of course, the former Blue Stanley Cup winner. What do you think it meant to him to come back and get his Stanley Cup ring? Well, first of all, it was a tremendous you know, opportunity for him to come back here and great on the Blues, how they handled it and what they did for his family and all that and what a terrific ceremony. So uh, he deserves it. Uh, he's been, as you know, uh, an ultimate team guy. He's, he's fit right in from day number one. Uh, he brings an edge to the game that the Hurricanes really need. But John, I think um, he's just a, he's a wonderful teammate. And I think uh, the Blues have a great guy, too. So this is one of those deals over time. I don't know what Joel's long-term plan is as far as the Hurricanes are concerned. His contract's up. We'll see where that goes at the end of the season. I'd love to see him stick around, but you know the way the business is. But Justin Falk will be great for the Blues moving forward. John, you mentioned the contract. You mentioned the word business. In a way, was this a business deal because Falk's contract was also up at the end of the year before the Blues re-signed him? It's a business deal face value-wise, and I, I, I wish it wasn't because he was so good last year and sporadically has been really great over his eight years with the Hurricanes. The last year he matured to a level where he was elite and he surpassed Jacob Slavin in the playoffs and was their best defenseman. And after all that time, he's part of the leadership core. I was just praying that they could come to some type of resolution, and they didn't. So I guess the cold hard facts are, yes, it's hard to do business with players when they get to a place, but I was hoping this was one guy they would keep because they haven't filled the void. They're still looking for someone, you know, in a 3-4 situation, a 1-2 situation, depending on the matchup, depending uh, uh, which team you're playing on a given night. The, the, the Hurricanes are not as, as strong on the back end as they were last year without this player. That's my opinion, and it's just too bad that the, that, that went down. Well, John, you obviously saw him play night after night after night for year after year. When Falk is playing, and we, you know, we've seen a lot of good nights of Justin Falk this year. I think he's been a little bit inconsistent playing the left side at times. But when he's on his game, what can he really bring to a hockey team? Well, he, he, he's a great matchup defenseman. He, he can play against top players. He, he, he can thrive in high-minute situations. He kills penalties. He's got courage. He'll block shots. He has a terrific shot when he's isolated enough to get it off. Uh, makes a good pass out of the zone. A terrific competitor and a great teammate. He's really a good teammate. You'll see that moving forward. Now, I will say this. I, I think it's a, a tough room to get to, to come into based on the fact that they won the cup and here comes the new guy. Knowing his personality, I think it's going to take him a full season to feel comfortable. I've watched your games a ton, and I've seen the great moments that he's had. I've also seen the struggles. But I think um, year two will be very interesting. More responsibility. He'll, he'll feel more at home. And, and I think you'll see, you'll see that come to fruition. I just think it was uh, a, a tough circumstance to walk into, a great circumstance, don't get me wrong, but it's just when you're not part of something that magical, being the outsider and knowing his personality, I think he was just feeling his way around in the early going. Again, our guest is a longtime Carolina play-by-play man, John Forslund. And, John, your club is in a battle to make the playoffs for the second straight year after going to the East Final last year. A young team, as we know, although Williams did come back, and he's the veteran on the hockey club at 38. But what will it take for the Hurricanes to make the playoffs for the second straight year? Better goaltending, like a little bit more consistent goaltending. Uh, it's going to take um, a team to strike an identity defensively. Um, to overcome the loss of Dougie Hamilton, who was having a career season and in somewhat of the Norris Trophy conversation based on his, his points and his overall play. Those are three big question marks because, again, I don't think they're as strong defensively as they were last year. I think Brenda Moore is trying to 
um, uh, win a battle with some of the newer guys in terms of a, a total buy-in uh, defensively. And I, and I think some of the newer guys they brought into the mix are kind of thinking the game one way, and that, that's been a struggle when they're not on their game. When they are in their game, they're, they're excellent. They play an excellent team game with speed, a ton of pace. Uh, if they're on to, uh, against the Blues and what we saw the other night, um, you know, that was their attempt to get to that level of pace. And when they play at a high level of pace, uh, they're tough for, uh, for anybody to handle. But I really think uh, last season in the second half, both Peter Morozik and Curtis McElhaney were off the charts good. And both Morozik and Reimer. Reimer's been the better of the two goalies. You just wonder when that's going to kind of level off. Um, but they're going to have to be better. John, obviously you see a lot more of the East than we do out West. And everybody looks at Boston last year, of course, losing in the final. The Capitals, the cup winner from two years ago. Nobody really talks right now about the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're having a remarkable year with all their injuries. If you were to bet on somebody going to the final right now, could you pick a team? I would, I would say Washington would be the one. I would say keep an eye on Tampa Bay. And it would be interesting to see what they do around the deadline. I think they still need a little abrasion. They can add a veteran guy. You know, I don't, I don't know who that would be. Maybe Kyle Clifford, a player like that, uh, to add to their mix. They're going to be tough to play against. The thing about the Lightning and what they've been able to do over two months is play a sound defensive game in front of maybe the best goalie in, in the world. So I, I, that was my preseason pick, Tampa Bay and, and, and you guys. And so I, I, I think they're, they're finding it. And I think the lesson, the hard lesson they learned last year is going to pay off for them. John, did you have a chance to see a lot of the Blues last year in the playoffs? I did. I didn't. I, you know, uh, it was great, especially when it's on uh, varying nights. And you know, you get that deep. And Carolina was in the third round. We were doing the radio broadcast, but uh, to watch it, um, to, to to know the history, to to kind of understand their place in this city and what it means. And I was so happy for you, honestly. I was so happy for you and the fact you were able to be part of that at the end and your dad's legacy and all that. It was. Uh, it was, it was great. It was very emotional for me to watch. So I can't, can't even imagine what it was like for you. Well, it was better than, uh, than advertised, <laughs> shall we say, but happy for so many fans. What do you think it will take? And obviously you, you see a lot of the East and the West doing a lot of national games. What would it take for the Blues to repeat this year? Just to, to have that hunger. You know, I think it's easier said than done. And I, and I think sometimes these teams that try to repeat figure out that they just weren't hungry enough to get it again. Because it's so difficult. And I, and I think they're deep enough. They're talented enough. They're, they're very well coached. The goalie's proven to be a money guy. He can play under pressure. So it's there. It's there for the taking. And I, I love the blue style. I think it's real hockey. I think it's an honest brand of hockey that, you know, is up and down. And there's an edge to it. And there's an honesty to their game, too. And so um, it'll be interesting to see. But if they can just, you know, maintain that level of hunger... They're going to be a tough out. Always good to talk to John Forslund, a former Springfield Indian broadcaster. You began in the American League a year after I did. Yeah. And, of course, Chris Kerber yeah. is, is an alum of Springfield. How many are there in the league, you know? Well, there's there's one in baseball, Don Orsillo, okay. who came in after me. And he's the voice of the San Diego Padres, longtime Red Sox announcer. Um, but Springfield's been a, a, an interesting place for that. And um, But the American League in general, as you know, those were great years. We had a lot of fun. Kind of all grew up together. Kenny Albert, you know, yeah. all of us. Uh, uh, Jimmy Jackson, you know, you look around the National Hockey League, it's been a, a breeding ground, and, and Chris has done a great job here. 
All right. Hey, John, thank you. You do a wonderful job. Thanks for your time tonight. We appreciate it. Anytime, John. My pleasure. All right, that's Carolina play-by-play man John Forslund, our guest here on Behind the Bench. Much more after this on 101 ESPN. And John Kelly back on Behind the Bench here on 101 ESPN, joined by Blues winger Zach Sanford, who is on fire right now. Is it fair to say you're playing the best hockey of your career, Zach? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I felt pretty good about my game and our line as a whole. And, um, you know, DP and, and O'Reilly have been a huge help, and uh, we've just been clicking. What has been the key to um, your confidence level and obviously the production level? Yeah, I think just it goes back into our line. I mean, um, those guys give me all the confidence in the world, you know, talking to them and, and playing with them. And, um, you know, I think I've learned a lot from playing with them, too, over the last year or two. And, um, you know, just picking up on the little things and, and seeing what they tell me, it's, it's uh, you know, it's fun to go out and execute. And that's where the confidence comes from. Obviously, O'Reilly is a, a great playmaker, you know, a good goal scorer as well. David loves to hang out of the puck. So did they tell you specifically, you know, things like getting to the net and getting into the open areas? Obviously, um, you want to do that with any line mates. But in particular, those guys um, are so good in the offensive zone. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're always talking at practice and, and in skates and in, uh, you know, in between shifts and seeing what works and what doesn't. And, um, you know, talking about those little areas, you know, uh, DP always likes to find that, you know, kind of slot area for that one timer. And, and uh, you know, I try to kind of feed off that and, and get in on four checks and get the pucks back. And, uh, you know, then we go from there. And uh, like I said, we've just been reading off each other really well and, and you know, knowing where each other are going to be. Zach, obviously, uh, this is a big chance for any player to play with O'Reilly and Perron. Do you look at it like, uh, a really big opportunity in your career? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, there's not too many guys who have been in my position who can say, you know, they get to go out with two all-stars every night. And, and uh, you know, I'm just trying to keep taking advantage of it and, and have some fun with it. And, uh, you know, the last few uh, few games, it's been a lot of fun. Zach Sanford, obviously it's been a, a tumultuous couple of years for you getting hurt a couple of years ago, missing basically all the season. Last year, your dad passes away. And then, you know, the highest of highs, you win the Stanley Cup last year and, and now playing so well. Have, have you looked back at, you know, what it's all meant to you in the last few years? And obviously losing your dad is tough. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, obviously I think about him and, and, you know, what he's done for me and how he's helped get me here all the time. And, um, you know, as far as the injury, I think, you know, it was good for me to go through some adversity like that early in my career. And, um, you know, like you said, from the from winning the cup to now, I think, uh, you know, things are keep going up. And, uh, you know, I just got to keep working and, and keep getting better. And hopefully things will continue to get better. Zach, uh, how ironic was it for, for you guys to, number one, beat Boston? And you scored the fourth goal in game seven. And I'm sure a lot of your buddies were Boston fans. Is that fair to say? Yeah, pretty much uh, all of them are, you know, ex- with the exception of a few uh, Blues fans who switched over, but uh, you know that was a lot of fun to play at home in, in front of friends and family, and, and be able to hoist a cup there. That was pretty cool. What was that like for you to score that fourth goal? Because I think when when you got that goal, it was four nothing. I think most people knew the game was over. Yeah, I think that one was kind of you know I think we all had an idea that we'd wrapped it up after that one, so that was pretty cool. And uh, you know just to get back to the bench and see the smiles on the guys' faces, and and then you know share that with my family after those. Uh, pretty crazy how things like that work out but uh that was awesome what was the best moment for you from the end of game seven until perhaps the start of the year oh man um 
that's tough. I think, you know, there's a lot of fun moments, a lot of great times shared with, you know, like I said, friends and family and teammates. But I think, uh, you know, just getting in the locker room after the win and, and seeing all the boys going crazy and, and how fired up everyone was, that was, uh, that was pretty cool to experience. Finally, Zach, obviously the Blues had to play so hard every night. Physically, you know, the mental grind of playing 26 games, and now here we are with basically a third of the season to go. Um, are you confident your club can get back to that level again? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, we have all the pieces, you know, the leadership, the, the scoring, the, the defense, and especially the goaltending. You know, our Jakey and uh, Binner have been awesome all year this year. And, um, you know, I think we're, we're putting our game back together right now. We had a tough stretch, but, um, you know, if we keep working on those little things and play our style, I think our whole team's pretty confident in our abilities. Zach, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Uh, continued good luck. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's Zach Sanford, our guest here on 101 ESPN.